0: I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is, Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show.
1: Lake Lewis Jr. from SportsJourney.com joins us today. Lake, how are you?
0: I'm good. How you doing, Doug?
1: Good. I appreciate you coming on with us today. Uh, I must admit, I was not very familiar with the Sports Journey, so I went and checked it out. Uh, pretty cool. How did you end up with those guys?
0: Just, just over the years, um, you know, some people that I've worked with, and um, you know, just starting my own platform, um, you know, having been on ESPN and USA Today and CBS, you know, I've, I've been employed with all those places, and um, you know, just decided to step away. And some of the people that I've become good friends with, you know, they were looking for more opportunities to kind of, you know, tailor what they want as far as their reporting. So, started it up with some of them. And um, there's some of them are spread around the country. Uh, Several of them, obviously, here in the D.C. area. And, uh, you know, we've recently added on some younger people, you know, who, you know, weren't given opportunities that, um, you know, they've applied. And it's a tough field to crack into, as you know. So I just, um, you know, just opened it up for a lot of different people.
1: I love that you said that because I was looking into the origins. I couldn't find it. So I, I was curious to know if you had been a part of starting that group.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah, it's my company actually. I own it. <laughs> and uh Oh, excellent. Yeah, and uh you know, actually the name of it is what my uh I used to be a drive time radio host on ESPN Radio in Florida in Orlando. And uh that was literally the name of my show, was Sports Journey with Lake Lewis. So I just, right. you know, pretty much kept kept the name.
1: I <laughs> look. Uh, as little as three months ago, I don't think any of us could have seen this game happening, but yet here we are. Let's uh, let's jump around the league real fast. Who do you got out in the AFC West?
0: Man, you know, that's, that's a that, that's obviously Kansas City's division. You know, I don't think anyone's going to challenge them. Um, you know, I think Denver and some other teams may be improved, but it's clearly Kansas City all day.
1: It'd be hard not to go with Kansas City there for sure. What about uh, let's move out to the east?
0: AFC East I think this is the year of the Bills Um, I think you know obviously Cam Newton is in New England and they're they've got some change there no Tom Brady and that's you know that's that's probably four or five more more losses for for a team that's used to winning so I think Buffalo had already started to put some heat on New England last year I think they get over the top of Josh Allen and 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 uh, you know those guys up there I think it's Buffalo's division
1: I'm with you on Buffalo. I will say this, though. I think that Bill has been dying to work with a Cam Newton-type quarterback for a long time, so I I think it will be interesting up there. Because the offensive coordinator up there is the one who drafted Tebow, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think New England's going to fall apart. I mean, I still think they're clearly a playoff-caliber football team because they've got the best coach in football, and they've got a former MVP who's hungry, you know, to prove that he's not done. So – I think that New England could be a surprise team. Um, I, I'm looking at New England though more like a nine and seven, maybe ten and six football team, which should be enough to get you as a wild card in the playoffs. Uh,
1: particularly this year in the expanded playoff format.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Let Let's jump to the north. Who you got?
0: I'm going to go Ravens there. Uh, I just think Baltimore was, you know, one of the best two or three teams all of last year and. They just didn't have any playoff experience with their new group of players. Obviously, the organization has, you know, tremendous playoff experience, but, you know, not with Lamar Jackson. And um, that was the second year that he made the playoffs. But the first year, you know, he came in halfway through the season. So he got his MVP similar to Patrick Mahomes from two years ago. And in the next year, Mahomes wins the Super Bowl. Um, The Ravens is the team that I'm actually taking to win the whole thing this year.
1: There you go. Okay. I I am with you. I am not very high on Cleveland like some are, and I don't know how you trust Roethlisberger and Pittsburgh. So no, no. I'm with you, Baltimore, all the way there. All right, now down to the south.
0: Uh, you know, that's that's going to be a really competitive division. I think, uh, you know, people don't realize that, you know, Houston yesterday they just played against a defending champion. I mean, under extreme circumstances. Uh, but they're going to be a good football team. But but I you know Jacksonville's you know Jacksonville they're rebuilding, but I do think that the Colts are going to be the surprise team. I think the surprise team in the league. I think Philip Rivers has a renaissance with them. Um, don't count out Tennessee. Obviously Tannehill signed long term there. Derrick Henry's there, and they had a nice run last year. But I just think the best team in that division is going to be the Colts.
1: I thought maybe that's where we'd start splitting. Uh, we can't. I agree with you, Indy, all the way. <laughs> Off to the NFC in the North. Tell us about it.
0: Oh man, you know that's uh, uh well NFC East, so to speak. <laughs> um, uh well well the NFC North. I'm I, you know it's tough because I think there's several teams that are going to be really competitive. I even think the Lions are going to be competitive. Uh, but I think you know at the ultimately the most balanced team to me right now probably is going to be the Vikings. Um, I know some fans here don't want to hear about Kirk Cousins, but I just think that year three in that system, they did lose digs, but still they're 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 pretty complete and solid and um less turnover. So I, I just think that you know the Vikings are the best in the north.
1: Well, there it is. I will take Detroit. I oh, wow. I think this okay. I, I think this is their time. Stafford uh, got more weapons than he's ever had before, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's how, I think it's their time. All right, out west, maybe the toughest division in all of football. Who you got?
0: Yeah, I'm actually taking Seattle out west this year. Uh, you know, I know San Francisco's loaded and showed you know why they're one of the best teams in football last year, uh, but I think Seattle was just one of those teams where Russell Wilson, you know, has never really had a full plethora of offensive talent around him. But I think this year they've got, you know, some really good young pieces that I think um, they can build with. And I think Met. Can.
1: No, no, I'd, it might have been mine. Um, I agree with you on Seattle. See what I said about the quarterback in Detroit. This is the most weapons that, uh, that Russell Wilson has ever had. So I completely agree with you on the West. Down South
0: man that's the that's the one that everyone's talking about uh y- you know every time i've put my faith in new orleans they've come up short uh, i still i'm going to put some faith in them this year again because i still think that they're the most talented team in that division yes tampa should be much improved they already had a lot of young talent in place and now you have perhaps the goat coming in at quarterback which was a position that she struggled at for a long time So now he brings stability, but, you know, I I just look at Drew Brees and I look at Alvin Kamara and I look at everything that they have there, Michael Thomas, they're the best team, you know, perhaps one of the best two or three teams in the NFC, period. But clearly for me, they're the best team in the South, and I think that they're going to win that division, uh, maybe with a 12-4 and record.
1: I'm going to go out on a limb and take Atlanta. I think it's going to be hard to stop that offense. Matty Ice had a down year, and I think they'll be ready to roll.
0: Yeah, good. Point. I'm
1: sure I'll I'm sure I'll be alone in that one. Then it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish up this we'll finish up the show with the NFC East and the Washington predictions. Did we uh, have we gotten the final injury update?
0: Like, yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple guys that are, you know, uh, listed as questionable. Um, you know, um, Antonio Golden Gandhi is is questionable right now. Sadiq Charles is questionable. Uh, You know, Thomas Davis is uh, questionable as well as uh, Kendall Fuller. So no one's necessarily, as of right now, at least to my knowledge, no one's been ruled out yet. But uh, Fuller might be a guy that I could see being ruled out. Um, And Jimmy Moreland will move in his place if that's the case. But, But for right now, I don't have anything officially yet saying that anyone's officially out yet uh did do we know where
1: Dandy Golden got that concussion it seems like it just came out of nowhere i know they were kind of doing hockey style Injury updates before now, but I think that caught people by surprise. I know it caught me by surprise,
0: yeah, it caught me by surprise as well uh you know i mean he he was out uh, if i 'm not mistaken um, yesterday, so you know maybe it's a it's a good thing for him that you know he's listed as just questionable. I know he's a guy that they're expecting some some nice things from this year i mean six four two twenty three I mean this is a guy that you know a lot of people don 't know about because he played at Liberty. But you go back to uh, the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, he was torching top-flight talent, uh, you know, cornerbacks. You know, they couldn't stay with him. They couldn't cover him. He was catching everything 50-50 balls. So I think he's a guy that could be a nice added addition to the offense and be a bigger target to go opposite, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin long-term.
1: Late the captains are in, it ends up being Haskins, Sheriff, Allen, Collins and Everett, if yeah. I'm correct.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Are
1: you surprised that ninety one didn't make it?
0: You know, obviously that jumped out. It did. I, I'll be lying if I said it didn't catch me off guard, but you know, this is kind of like a new a new era. And unfortunately for Ryan, um, you know, he's gonna be linked to the old era, <laughs> regardless of what he does. You know, I mean, he's a great player, uh, you know, perennial pro bowler, uh, you know always good for 10 sacks in a season. That's just what he does. But I think that, you know, sometimes new coaches, new coaching staffs want to name some different talent, you know, as as captains. And, you know, Dwayne Haskins was an eye-opener for a lot of people. You know, for him to be in his second year, get that captain's nod, that's a testament for what they think he's put the work in and as far as his leadership, his maturation. And, and let's face it, you give a guy that kind of title, you expect them to carry themselves that way. And I think that's why he got that. Uh, and, and and yeah, so I, I was surprised to answer your question about Kerrigan, but you know, he's what, the ultimate pro and, and I don't think it's bothering him like that.
1: I'm sure you're right. Well, now when you said they, did coach tell us who, how they decided on these captains? Did they vote? Did Ron hand them out? How did that work? Do we know? Uh,
0: it's a little bit of everything. You know, the, the, the players have um, some, some, some say in it as well. You know, they get a chance to pick guys too. And you know, I think one thing that I did notice about that list is that these are guys that have no problem being vocal. And, uh, you know, that's surprising because, you know, that's not really Ryan at all. And that's not saying that's why he's not captain. I just do right. think, though, that, you know, you, you go one person per position, you know, or, or you know, um, one unit. And, you know, it, it's it's natural for a quarterback to be a captain for most teams. You know, all the greats pretty much are a captain. Uh, You know, then you have a guy that let's let's call it like it is Brandon Sheriff definitely is captain quality. I mean, he's a, uh, you know, perennial pro bowler himself, one of the best young guards in football. But he's also a guy that's going, you know, in a in a contract year. You know what I mean? A guy that they they want to get signed long term and to be named a captain. Maybe that's a good a good, you know, good grace type move, (laughs) you know, Uh, I'm sure there was a little some layers to that. You know, and then uh, but on defense, Jonathan Allen, everyone's noticed that about him since he's been here that he has tremendous leadership qualities, and he's very vocal, um, he's a guy that's easily accessible to the media, uh, speaks his mind, but he's classy in, in how he does things, and you know, for him to be named a captain doesn't surprise me at all, and I think that's where they went defense as opposed to carrying him
1: and did, did I hear coach say right that they would be adding one additional captain each week?
0: Yeah, then and they do that a lot of times. You know, it's it's kind okay. of like, it's kind of like you know who you see in practice busting their tails. You know, guys that are going above and beyond. You you kind of want to acknowledge them on a weekly basis, uh, you know. And it, it's good for the team. It's good for morale. It's good from uh, camaraderie and competition. So. I have no problem with it. Heck, if they have to bring out 14 guys to midfield, <laughs> you know, before a game because 14 guys showed out in practice, that's what you want.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I dig it. But I don't think the previous administration did that. I think this is no, new, right? No,
0: no not yeah. at all. Yeah, this is something uh, something strictly new with Rivera and company. And, you know, I got to tell you, man, they, they're they doing so many things right that, that it, it's just hard to pinpoint one thing, but the professionalism that – is being, you know, addressed and handled right in your face. I mean, you you can't help but notice it. And that's why I expect for this team to be really improved this year. It may not translate necessarily to to, to wins, but I think you're gonna see a competitive, hard nosed team that's not shooting themselves in the foot all the time either. So I I expect you I expect you to see that on Sunday actually and, and you'll find out when we talk about that game.
1: <laughs> we that's right. We didn't know it at the time, but certainly we couldn't have gotten a better man for the job. This this position ended up being a whole lot more than I think Rivera had in mind when he took the job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's become the face of the franchise now. And, you know, it, it's OK, though, because he he's a guy that's a leader. Uh, he's a good man. Uh, and, you know, he, he, I don't think anyone would come to Washington as a head coach knowing that they weren't going to have to deal with some things. I, I think that was quite apparent, obviously to the magnitude of what he's had to deal with. No, I'm sure he didn't think that, but, but he's a, he's a guy that's, you know, solid in his convictions and his faith. And, and, you know, those are the things that get you through. And I think that that stuff also also rubs off on your players and translates down, you know, where, you know, if people see a true leader in place, they follow suit and, And I think that obviously that's something that the franchise had been devoid of for a long time. I mean, even from the coaching ranks, you have to go back to Joe Gibbs uh, where you really saw guys rally behind someone, Uh, you know, and they did rally behind Joe Gibbs, even in his second stint guys played hard for him. But, you know, with Mike Shanahan and Jay Gruden, there were, I mean, I can flat out tell you, there were a lot of guys in the locker room that did not like their coach and you know, I have yet to hear or see anything like that for Ron Rivera. I Guys are saying that they'd run through a wall for the guy right now. And yeah. the fact that he's battling cancer uh, on top of that, you're going to see a motivated bunch of guys who are playing hard for a guy that they care about already. And that's a good sign for everything going forward.
1: You would have to imagine it'd be hard to see a man coming back from a cancer treatment and not be busting your tail after he gets back the next day, right?
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, you know, yesterday at practice, he he was he was back after missing, you know, the two previous days for treatment. And, you know, he called his team to the middle of the field. And, you know, he's 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 done that quite a bit, you know, since he's been here. But, you know, you could just you could just tell, you know, that there was a different set of eyes on him this time, you know, where guys are looking at him like, man, you're back out here. You know, you, you realize what's important in life, you know, football or your life. And, and clearly yep. it's his life, his well-being. But you can tell that there's some guys that are going to be on Sunday a little extra motivated, and that's a good thing. That's a great thing.
1: All right, late let's play a little over-under.
0: Okay, now I'm ready.
1: Over-under on Sunday, three sacks for the team.
0: Uh, Wentz is mobile, gets the ball off quickly. I would say they're going to be, I think they get four sacks, so I say over.
1: (laughs) I'll take the over as well. Do you think Chase Young has one of those sacks on Sunday?
0: Absolutely. (laughs) I think he gets his first professional sack on Sunday.
1: Over under touches for Antonio Gibson on Sunday, 10-10.
0: Oh, no, it's going to be more than that. Definitely over because he's going to be part of the passing game as well. So, you know, I would I could see him rushing 12, 13 times and maybe catching the ball four or five times. So uh, that number is going to be, you know, upwards of 15.
1: Who gets more touches on Sunday, Gibson or McKissick?
0: Gibson, by far.
1: So we'll, we'll believe, Ron, that that um, preseason depth chart didn't mean much.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah I, I mean look mckissick's gonna be a big part of the offense as well i mean both those guys can do a lot of different things and don't forget about bryce love as well but i i think the country is getting ready to find out about gibson uh really quick and i i'm expecting this kid to turn some heads you know immediately on sunday he, he's a big guy he's not you know, he's not a little small guy like people may think. I mean, he, he's he's a guy that's eerily similar in stature to, say, Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's got huge legs, uh, and yep. and he can roll. I mean, he's a four three guy. So this is a guy that he'll run you over or he'll run by you. So it's interesting to see how his first pro game will turn out.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. He's got a little Cordell Patterson size to him as well. And as far as Bryce Love goes, I'm with you. I think when people aren't going to be ready for when he's actually healthy because –
0: He's a beast. Oh, man, he's absolutely a beast. I, I, I'm expecting, you know, I, I'm expecting this young backfield to really make people understand why they moved on from Adrian. And it wasn't anything against Adrian. It's just that you have to develop these young players because you're, you're not going to the Super Bowl this year. So you have to develop young players that are going to be big parts of your future. And when people see these guys and their tremendous skill sets, I think people will be like, wow, they, they've got something nice in the backfield.
1: That's right. I
0: totally uh, agree with you.
1: Uh, over under touchdowns for Haskins on the day. We'll set it at two.
0: Uh, I think you're about right there because actually my my final prediction of, of of Washington scoring twenty points is based on two touchdown passes and 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 uh, two field goals. So I, I put it right there for him.
1: Let's set the receiving yards for Sims Jr. at seventy five.
0: Um, the over or the under? I'm going to go under, and and not because he's not going to be productive. He will be productive, but they've got so many different pieces. Um, you know, it's not going to be a force fed game to him. So he might be right at 70, right at 74. But I'm going to go under though.
1: Uh, because to that point, the game plan for Haskins will be to have at least seven people touch the ball on game day, wouldn't you say?
0: Absolutely. And if you go back to his starts last year, he spread the football around. So he wasn't just targeting Terry McLaurin. I mean, he was hitting Kelvin Harmon, obviously Kelvin, Kelvin Harmon's out for the year. Uh, but he was hitting him. He was hitting Sims. He was hitting, you know, Chris Thompson out the backfield. He's no longer there. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson, he's no longer here, but the point is they used to spread the ball around quite well. And, uh, I expect for at least six, seven people to touch the ball on Sunday.
1: Let's uh, do some season predictions. You got uh, Haskins. Let's set the market 4,000 passing yards over or under,
0: under, I think he'll definitely be under that. I mean, may- maybe around 34, 3,500. Um, but, but, but solid play. Definitely. Uh, I just think, again, they don't have to depend on him, not yet, not at this point in his career. They're going to let him open it up a lot, but they don't have to be a one-man gang at quarterback this year. So I think that you're going to see production from a lot of people, but I have him around 3,500 yards.
1: Over under 25 touchdowns.
0: Ooh, that's a uh, that's a good one right there. But I have him at twenty three touchdowns on the year, which is good, you know. But I but I, I would say under twenty five.
1: I think we'd all sign up for twenty three touchdowns, mm-hmm. over under fifteen interceptions.
0: Under, um, I have him at twelve interceptions on the year. Uh, a lot of people don't don't realize that last year in his rookie year. Even in the struggles, even, you know, playing against great defenses and really not having a lot of experience under his belt, he still wasn't turning the football over. And that's a good thing for Washington because now going forward, uh, you know, just another year, you know, as a pro and he's, he's lost weight. He's ready for this. I think that he keeps that number down low, too. So I would say 12 on the year.
1: Did Haskins lose the weight because he wanted to or did Rivera tell him we plan on moving the pocket and need you to drop 10?
0: No, he lost. The we weight. He, he lost the weight. And I can I can vouch for that personally. He lost the weight because he wanted to. And I go back to last season in the locker room with him, Morgan Moses and Adrian Peterson. And I, I've told this story to several people. Um, You know, I was in there talking with the guys and, um, you know, just joking around and. Um, Dwayne just flat out said. He said, Man, this off season, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in shape and lose some weight and you know, because I know what I need to do now. And Adrian Peterson, as he was eating some pizza, <laughs> was like, We can start losing that weight right now in the in the work in the training room. And he's like, No, nah. Dwayne was like, No, 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 I'll wait till the off season. And they were like, Okay, we'll see. And he did. He lost the weight. He looks good. No, he looks great.
1: Uh over under a thousand yards from McLaurin.
0: Oh, definitely over. Uh, I I think he's going to have a big year and he wants to be great. He's told us on several occasions he wants to be one of the dominant receivers in football. Uh, He got a taste of uh, success as a rookie and he saw how good he really could be um, beating double teams late in the year. I'm expecting for him to be around twelve hundred yards this year.
1: Touchdowns at ten.
0: Uh no, I would go under that. I mean, naturally, you're gonna get yards, but teams are gonna clearly watch you when you get in the red zone because you're you are a main target. Um, so I think that that will probably be around six, maybe what he had last year. So I would say around six or or maybe seven touchdowns this year.
1: If Ryan Kerrigan is good for ten in his sleep, what's the over under for Chase Young this year?
0: Um, I would say I would say over eight. Um, you know, I think he's going to be, you know, they're bookends and, and then you have to think of Montez Sweat as well. So there's, there's going to be some rotation going on, rotating going on. So, you know, sometimes that takes reps from people, but it's a collective unit, which is a really solid, you know. Uh, unit, So I would say for Chase Young uh, in his rookie year, if he could get eight or nine sacks, I think everyone would sign up for that right now because that means Ryan Kerrigan is going to have his 10, and that means Montez Sweat's probably going to have six or seven himself.
1: Well, to that point, they've compared us defensively to San Francisco. They had 48 mm-hmm. sacks last year, so let's put the over-under at 45. As 40. I'm going to
0: go – I'm going to go over. And the reason why I say that is because that's one of the fortes of this defense over the past three years, even with bad coaching. And yes, I'm going to say it, bad defensive coaching. They still were getting three, four sacks a game. You know, that's just what they do. And now you think of the fact that sweat will be a year better. Kerrigan won't have to be double teamed anymore. And clearly you have a beast and chase young there. Uh, and that's not to mention the Ryan Andersons and, and, and you know, uh, some of these other guys that they have that, you know, a lot of people will start to find out that they're loaded. I mean, they've got a, a, a really good depth chart for them. So for me right now, I'm going to say over 45 sacks for their defense.
1: I think easily I've been telling anybody that'll listen, they'll stop talking about Deron Payne as a run blocker this year. I think he's got <laughs> worn set type stuff in this defense from a pass rusher. Yeah.
0: Ago. Yeah, he does. He does. And, uh, you know, I think, I think he benefits from a chase young on the outside. Jonathan Allen's sack number should go up this year. I, I mean, you know, Tim settle will come in Matt. Ionitis, you know, who, who, probably over the past two, three years, has been their best interior player, period.
1: i just um, the most underrated defensive player in the league.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's a, he's a, a true starter. And just because he technically won't be in on first down or, or second down doesn't mean that he's not a starter. He's still just as valuable in this defense. And he's another guy that's going to get you seven, eight sacks. I mean, that's just his numbers have been going up every year of his career. And then Tim Settle, again, like I said, these are these are all guys that are capable. It, it's it's a lot of stuff that they can throw at people this year. I love, uh, Tim. that I think gonna...
1: I love Timmy Settle. Yeah. Which two defensive oh, tackles yeah. do you think get the most snaps on the season?
0: You know, that's a great question. I mean, I probably would have to say Jonathan Allen and De'Ron Payne just because, you know, and you meant on defense, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would I would say Allen and Payne just because they're going to start. I mean, they're yeah. going to be out there on first down, which gives them 16 more plays yeah. <laughs> on a season than someone else. So, um, yeah, I would say those two. But those numbers aren't going to be skewed. Matt Ioannidis will be on the field quite a bit. So that's not going to be an issue.
1: Who wins the season at left tackle?
0: Uh, I think Sadiq Charles. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, you know, it, it just might surprise some people that, you know, I know these listed as questionable, uh, but don't be surprised if he's your starting left tackle on Sunday, <laughs> literally to start the season right off the bat. Wow. So I think he definitely, he ends as the starter.
1: Might've dropped a little jewel on us right there. I would be surprised.
0: <laughs>
1: what about not quarterback? A,
0: um, you, you, mean, you said cornerback?
1: Quarter, quarterback. Well uh 7 7 will make it the whole way through yes.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean it's it's his team. I mean it's his time, it's his team. They're looking at him to be the long-term solution and franchise face and he's doing everything and that he's supposed to be doing in order to to hold that that spot and you know um obviously Alex Smith is a miraculous story. He's already you know I'm sure the NBA, NFL comeback player of the year. I mean they already probably have his name engraved in the trophy. If they don't, they should start doing it now. That's right. Because there will be there will be no bigger story than that, better story on top of that. But Kyle Allen is a guy that, you know, came here from Carolina and and Scott Turner and Ron Rivera really like his skill set and like him as a person quite a bit. He's the second string quarterback. So if something happens to Dwayne, I don't think they would skip Kyle to go right to Alex. I think it would be Kyle Allen. So as I keep saying, and I say this with all due respect, in a perfect world, Alex Smith will never take a snap under center for, the, for Washington, ever. Uh, because that means if he does, then the two guys that they have ahead of him are struggling, and that would not be good for the, for the uh, trajectory of the franchise.
1: Uh, and I actually would suggest, if they listen to me, which they don't, that they put Alex <laughs> Smith in a totally separate room. Um, so for COVID purposes, in case they actually needed him to go hand the ball off a couple of times, because, uh, theoretically if Dwayne gets COVID, then so does Kyle Allen and vice versa.
0: Yeah, that's, 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 that's a good point. I mean, that's for every position too. So, I mean, you know, if McLaurin or someone in the receiving core comes up with it, chances are the other receivers are going to get it too, as, as will some of those D-backs that are covering these guys. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we don't want to we don't want to wish that on anyone and hope that that actually happens. But yeah, I mean, those are things that I'm sure that they've had to think about as well.
1: Who wins if, if Holcomb is the backup to Bostic at middle linebacker who gets more snaps this year.
0: Mm, That's, that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, mm, You know, I, I like Cole quite a bit and I thought Bostic played really well last year. They're they're kind of interchangeable, so I, I see them splitting their reps. But again, it goes back to that starter. So I would probably say Bostic would get more reps because he's going to have 16 more attempts <laughs> because he's he's out there on that first play. So I I'd go Bostic, but just slightly, just slightly.
1: Now I assumed before camp started this year that Moreau and Fuller would start outside, and that Fuller would kick into nickel. And Darby would play outside, but that's not what it looks like now, is it?
0: No, I mean you know Fuller because of his because of his injury. You know Jimmy Moreland's gotten some more time. Um, Darby, you know, is listed as a starter. And and the thing is, is that Ron Rivera spoke highly of Darby all the way back. You know, going back to like April. You know, he just mentioned that. He likes his toughness, you know. He's a smart player. He say he just he's just been nicked up in his career, you know. Everywhere he's been, he's been injured, and and he's had some bad injuries, you know. He's had you know the ankles and things like that. So, you know, you're a D back. You need you need your lower extremities to be able to be productive. And and you know this might be the first time in a while Darby's healthy, and uh, they're gonna give him a shot and see what he can do. Um, I would probably venture to say because remember I said I think Fuller might be the guy that could be out if he is out then I expect uh, clearly to see Fabian Moreau and Ronald Darby starting with Moreau I mean with um, Jimmy Moreland you know kind of like in, in the slot
1: but, is, but it is not their intention to move Fuller into the slot on nickel okay. situations
0: I'm sorry could you say that again sure
1: I said but it is not their intention to move Fuller into the slot during nickel situations
0: Oh no 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 no! Kendall Fuller's going to be on the outside. <laughs> I mean, he he's going to be your number one corner. Uh, well, I don't want to say number one because I think he and Fabian ultimately, he, to me, Fabian is their best cornerback. Me I, too. I've been saying that for I've been saying that for a long time. Um, unfortunately, other coaching staff didn't realize that you know didn't have an epiphany about this until last year, you know, middle of the season. But, uh, you know, because of injuries on top of that, <laughs> but. You know, they kept trying to play him at safety and different things like that. Uh, but he, he's a guy that can grab you, can hold. Um, he's physical and he can run with people. So um, and he makes plays. He's got a good eye for the ball, as we saw last year. So I think ultimately Moreau has the biggest impact of any corner on their team this year. I
1: hope you're right. I couldn't agree with you more. I say it all the time um, and I hope you're right. All right. Well, Dan Snyder still own the team by the end of the year.
0: Yes, he will. Absolutely. Uh, I don't see anything right now that's going to make them force him to sell the team. Um, Obviously, we know of everything that's been going on and happened and, you know, all the allegations and things like that. And in a perfect world, yeah, you would make someone sell an outfit if that stuff is happening. But this is the NFL. It's a little different. And the fact that he has made some really nice changes and additions to the franchise you know, may save him some time. It may buy him, actually buy him a chance to keep his team. Um, I'd be surprised if they forced him to sell the team. I, I really do. Now, if more damaging stuff keeps coming out, then that clearly could be a possibility. And let's face it, money talks. And these owners like to make money off other teams. And if you can bring in, you know, a guy like a Bezos from Amazon, he's got, you know, he owns the Washington Post here in the area. He's got Amazon here in the area now you could see some of those storylines developing and, and and he could buy the team for way more than what they're worth. And guess what? The other owners now their pockets have been lined because their franchise's value will have gone up by default. (laughs) So yeah, we we're we're, we're aware of all those things, but I just don't see Snyder actually being forced to sell the team.
1: All right, Lake serious business. Now who wins the NFC East this year?
0: Man, that is a very good question. and it may, it may, it may turn the stomach of a lot of people for me to say this, but I think the Cowboys actually are going to win the division this year. Um, I just think that the Eagles have a lot of things going for them, but the one thing that they, they don't have going for them is health. <laughs> you know, they're they're a banged up football team already. Uh, you know, I think they're the most stable organization. Clearly, I mean, let's face it. Uh, Doug Peterson is is the only returning coach in the division. <laughs> you know everybody's new. That's crazy, a right? A new coach. Yeah, it, it is. It is. But let's 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 be honest though. He's got a Super Bowl win. Mike McCarthy in Dallas has a Super Bowl victory. Ron Rivera has a Super Bowl appearance. Um, and Judge obviously has no you know coaching experience, but he's been on championship New England teams, so he's coming from a great pedigree under Bill Belichick. But with all that said, I just think Dallas is the most talented team. And because of COVID and because of the way the season's going to play out, I think talent is what's going to get any team over the hump. And I think that's Dallas. Uh, But I do think that, um, you know, Washington and the Giants will be much improved. Again, may not translate to just W's, but they're going to be competitive. They're not going to be getting blown out by Dallas or Philadelphia when they play those teams, hence why I'm going to say what I'm going to say about the game on Sunday.
1: <laughs> you know, I hate to agree with you. I think the Cowboys are going to win the division too. I just don't see how they don't. But, uh, okay. Right. How many wins for our beloved Washington football team you got?
0: I have them literally as a six and 10, seven and nine team. I'm going to go seven and nine because I think their trajectory is going upward. Uh, I think if, you know, if they could get a lucky break here or there, perhaps an eight and eight football team and, and I, and I need to, you know, forewarn that for fans, that is not a bad team. You know, they are not a bad team when you only win three games and you have total chaos, you know, that they were dealing with. And now all that stuff seems to be, you know, written off and you're, you're starting a new era. If you can win four more games out the out the bat you know for in your first year than you did the previous year that's seven wins that's improvement that's what you want to see and maybe the other games are competitive you're not getting blown out that's what you want so for me i would say seven and nine eight and eight at best
1: i totally agree with you i think coaching is worth three wins by itself yes, um it i yes. was at seven and nine until all of the injuries hit philadelphia so, mm-hmm. I think they win in week one. I'll take Washington 31 24, which boosts my season record to eight and eight. So, for okay. the 10 okay. straight losses in the NFC East, you think they'll win on Sunday?
0: I'm gonna. I am. I went on a Philadelphia outlet yesterday and I just told them my final score in the game was 2017, and they were like, Who wins? and I'm like, You know. Naturally, you're gonna think Philadelphia, but I can't say yet because I do my predictions on Friday. So I'm doing this on your show for the first time. No one has heard my prediction yet. Um, I'm, I'm actually taking Washington twenty to seventeen in this game.
1: All right, look at that. Very good. <laughs> so for the record, Lake's got Washington twenty to seventeen. Cousin Pat's got him twenty four to twenty. Stewart's got twenty seventeen Washington. My dear wife, Nikki, has taken the Eagles at 35-31. to I'll still love her anyway. And I'll take 31-24 Washington.
0: Okay. All right. So we all seem to think that – listen, let's just put it this way. This is a game that is there. I mean, it's a game that they can win. And under the circumstances, you know, you can catch Philly when they're a little injured. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a different vibe in an empty stadium. It won't be a lot of Eagles fans, thank God, because that's all I've seen the last several years. That's right. It was like the, it was like the link south. Um, but you know, with all that being said, new coach, new motivated guys, young guys that want to prove they belong. You remember what happened last year in that first game up in Philly? I mean, you know, at halftime, I'm like, man, you know, I can kick back and just you know relax and watch the game from press box and not have to do much (laughs) because they were destroying the Eagles. And then naturally the wheels fell off, you know, poor coaching, poor assignments. We saw that. I think a lot of those players who were part of that, they remember those things and they remember we had that team on the ropes. We just didn't throw the knockout punch. They've got more weaponry now. And I think they've got a more stable quarterback situation and coach situation. There's no reason to think that they can't be Philadelphia on Sunday.
1: But I couldn't have said it better. They got more talent and better coaching.
0: Yep.
1: (laughs) Lake, you the man. Tell people where they can find you and what you got coming
0: up. Uh, You can check me out on social media, uh, on Twitter at Lake Lewis Jr., on Instagram and Facebook, Lake Lewis Jr. Also, I have my podcast, After Practice with Lake Lewis, and then you can – you know, check me out from time to time uh, locally on ABC Channel Seven, uh, going on as an uh, insider uh, with those guys, and um, you know, naturally check our work out on uh, sportsjourney.com. Great people on there doing some really good stuff.
1: Lake Lewis, everybody, we appreciate it.
0: Thanks a lot, my friend. I appreciate you. Okay.